welcome to the Pet Grooming Business Podcast with me, Bill Betts, where we give practical business advice to help you grow your pet grooming business. This podcast is brought to you in partnership with Paws and Presto. So without further ado, let's get going. Welcome. Hello. Hello. Got people watching already. Welcome, everyone. We are joined tonight by Tasha Anderson, a multiple dog grooming salon owner. <laughs> I have to get that in there. So uh, Tasha owns Golden Paws Limited and also is just taken on Lady and the Tramp and uh, is now a multiple business owner. So well done. Congratulations, Tasha, because it's all gone through this week, hasn't it? Yes. Yes, it has. Thank you very much. Hence the reason I got big bags into my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a lot of uh, a lot of work and a lot, a lot of uh, planning hasn't it to get yes. you to this point so yes that's why I had to emphasize what what, what you've done because it's a great mm-hmm. achievement for you so um not only is Tasha a multiple salon owner she <laughs> is a ICMG uh pet groomer and owner of a pet grooming school as well so uh welcome Tasha thank you for um coming on and speaking to us and uh, the community all and we're going to be talking all about uh ICMG tonight so perhaps we start off with your sort of grooming journey you know how did you get into pet grooming how long have you been doing it for um, and what got you to the point <laughs> where you're a multiple salon owner <laughs> <laughs> well I I actually um fell upon grooming really I took my very matted bichon to um Carol that used to own Lady the Tramp and um yes she had to shave it off with the 30 blades so I got the biggest telling off of my life um then my mum had the cheek to ask if she'd take me on for work experience um and then asked if she'd take me on as as sort of Saturday and holidays etc because I was quiet and shy and she thought it might help bring me out now she wants me to put me back in she wants to put me back in my shower for years um and yeah that was about well it's my 30th year this year wow. I would have so I was 14 when I first met Carol um never thought I would be sat here now saying I'm a multiple salon <laughs> owner and um, so I've been through the journey with Carol she started the business a couple of years before that um, and yeah we've moved from a garage to uh, around the back of a pet shop um, to where we are now and um, she about I think it's about 11 or 12 years ago she was getting busier but she wasn't busy enough to take me on full time so I split my full-time job down to three days and worked with Carol three days and I did another job on the seventh day um and she took me on as a business partner and then as we moved then she was like right I need you full-time so um took a big pay cut and went okay let's work things out and everything else and that's pretty much it really and she did say she wanted me to develop the school um, because she didn't want me just to be sat behind her all the time. Um, so that's where we started our school um, just initially, just having people in with us while we were working, etc. cetera. Um, we did then expand out to um, a separate uh, premises just for the school. Um, <clears throat> after trying that for 12 months, it just wasn't great because I'd take a few dogs from the salon walk across the road with my students they only have like a couple of dogs a day to work on but they weren't actually getting the experience of um the salon and I wanted to give a lot more to them than just 
here's a dog, this is how you groom it, and we can take all day to do it. Um, so then Golden Paws became available. Um, unfortunately, the lady that used to own that passed away quite suddenly, but we'd already spoken to her a few months before that. So that came up and it just seemed the right place to do to, to then grow um, grow into the school. Um, we then were headhunted by Ian and Angela Cayley, who run the um, ICMG qualifications over here in the UK. Um, they came and visited us several times. We went out for a meal. We had lots of talks and chats. They really got to know us. Um, and they're really quite cautious about who they take on as one of their schools. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they said, if I was to fast track, if Karen were to fast track through it, um, they would be really happy if we became one of their schools. So I was quite honoured with that. Um, and so, yeah, so here we are today. Um, and as I said, Carol then decided... Um, probably last year now that it was time that she didn't want to run a business anymore. She doesn't want the responsibility of staff. She just wants to go in and do grooming. Yeah. Um, so then we just sat down and we had quite a few conversations about me buying it and how we were going to work it and everything else. And um, yeah, so, um, and it wasn't just me buying a business. It was me buying something that she'd worked hard for and I'd worked hard with her to do as well. So it's I'm very honored to be in a position to take it to its next step now hopefully carry on the name of Lady in the Tramp yeah and it's you know she's had that name for 32 years and when I went in on Monday there were several clients there that were doing like their third generation of dogs and they've been on the journey with me as well they've known me since I was 14 and a stroppy teenager and you know so yeah so to see the fact that they keep coming back after each dog is is just says it all really doesn't it yeah. you know um, so, so when you got into um, the pet grooming industry with carol did you ha- um do a professional qualification before you did the icmg no, no i did a few years before that i did my sitting girls level three qualification mm-hmm. um i went over to us to um a place in cheltenham and did my my exams because mm-hmm. i didn't need to do the training um and yeah when I then found out about the ICMG qualification can I just say first of all there is a qualification that suits that's right for everybody out there there's no for me personally when I looked into the ICMG qualification and the different stages and how it worked and how much thought and consideration goes into who's teaching it um it felt more right for me to do that rather than the sitting girls and I actually felt like I learned something when I started doing the, the qualification myself. I felt it made me more aware of different, it was about, um, you know, everything about the groom. And the first the first part of the qualification is a pet groom. It's a short pet groom that you send out every day rather than sort of a breed standard, mm-hmm. um, which I think is is quite a high level and you need a bit more experience to to get that. And I was like, great, because when I'm teaching I want to teach people pet grooming I want to give them the foundations later on they can go on and evolve and do higher standards and everything else but because I have a lot of people that want to set up on their own um this qualification was just yeah and I'm I'm super passionate about it because I like what it represents and I like how it develops a person and how much you gain from it as well so we kind of jumped straight into it Perhaps yeah, we should sorry. start off with uh, what, what ICMD stands for. 
so Thank people you. can understand what that is. So ICMG stands for International Certified Master Groomers. And there is three levels that you have to go through to get that title. Mm-hmm. Um, it's run by a company called IPG, which is the International Professional Groomers Limited. And this qualification is recognised. I don't know how exact number, but all over the, the world um, in a lot of countries and it's getting bigger and bigger. Um, so if you did a qualification here and then you decided to move to another country, the chances are it's going to be recognised in that country as well. So not every country, but a, a lot of countries. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I said, then there's three levels um, to go through. Um, so there's going to be schools in other countries as well that, that teach yeah. the same syllabus that you teach and yeah. the same qualifications. And... Yeah. I think it's adjusted slightly. The syllabuses might be slightly according to the country because obviously we all work very differently. Um, in different every, dogs different, as well. Different dogs and different, you know, in some countries, thankfully we haven't got rabies over here. In mm-hmm. We don't have uh, pit bulls or we shouldn't have pit bulls. Um, but there's, you know, in America, the, the dogs that we have that are banned over here are legal over there. So there is a little bit more to it um, mm-hmm. or it's adjusted slightly. But it was originally, I believe, um, it was originally founded in America and then it's gone from, and again, with with the founders of it, they then are very cautious about who they allow to run it in that country as well. So I know that Ian Angela went over to America and, did a lot of training themselves over there to then bring it back to this country. We're just going to take a quick break to mention our sponsor, Paws and Presto. Our pet grooming business uses Paws and Presto towels and have found them to be more absorbent when drying dogs, quicker to wash, quicker to dry, and they take up less room in the salon. They also weigh less than normal towels when wet and come in a wide range of colours. To find out more, visit pawsandpresto.com. Now let's get back to the podcast. Cool. So what are the stages of um, becoming an ICMG groomer? Okay, so it starts off with, there's lots of letters, but it's CPG, (laughs) which is Certified Professional Groomer. Mm -hmm. So this is split into four four parts and you have to do this all together. So you will get, once you sign up to it, you will get sent two books and you literally just need to read those back to front, forwards, backwards, etc. So there's two written exams which are an hour each, um, and they are either multiple choice, true or false, or you might have some questions that you might have to give three or four answers to. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not, um, you know, you haven't got to write essays or everything else. And everything that's in that book, they talk about diseases and ticks and parasites and things like that. Everything that in that book is what you're likely to be asked in your, um, in your exam. And then you have to do a, they call it a kennel clip. For me, being a poodle owner, my idea of a kennel clip is everything off. And I'm like, what, we got a 5F, everything off? That's a bit rubbish. But no, it's a short pet trim. So it can be any breed. Um, I mean, I tend to go either for like more like a wall coat. I suggest people go more for a wall coat to start with. Cockapoo or a poodle or a bichon or something like that. So you can use attachment combs and it's a, slightly shorter body, slightly longer leg with some scissor finished on it um, and a cute little face and, you know, trim the tail depending on what you've got. You know, have got to have eight weeks growth on it or the, thereabouts. Um, so you have an hour to bath and dry, 
do the groin, do the nails and do the pads. So that's your first part of your exam. And then obviously that's checked through. And then your second part of the exam is another hour is the actual groom itself. So you then have an hour to do the rest of the groom. Um, so you use the same dog. And as I said, that all gets done on the same day. Um, and then you can, and there's different um, parts of it. So you're, you can get a certain amount of points for different parts. And one of those is compassionate handling. Um, now the compassionate handling doesn't mean you have to be all like fluffy and like, if your dog's been a bit difficult and you need to be a little bit assertive, as long as you're compassionate about it and it's doing it on the right level, you're not swinging it around by its tail, um, then, you know, that's okay as well. Because they want to see that you can handle dogs that might be, you know, who has a perfect dog in their salon? Um, you know, they're like unicorns, aren't they? They don't come around very often. So it's okay. obviously try and pick a dog that is comfortable with it and everything else, but on the day they allow for nerves you're going to be nervous the dogs are going to pick up on that um so yeah so that's the first qualification which is a cpg so, so when you, you stop- sorry when you um when you've passed the cpg are you allowed to put those um initials after your name yes right okay so you're yes. on your you're on your journey so yes yes and then you can if you want to stay there and you don't want to go any further you can absolutely stay there that's that's not a problem you have five years to complete the, the full qualification. Right. Um, obviously, we've had COVID, so there's been a slight delay for some people. Um, so, so that's, yeah, that's the first part. And you can then use the letter CPG after your name. Um, you can use their logos and everything else. So the other thing I've said, there is an annual fee for it each year. Um, and a lot of international qualifications, you do have to be a member of, of a body and pay for that. Um, I'm not saying we're as qualified as solicitors and things like that, but people that practitioners and things like that, they also have to pay to keep their qualifications up. So I think that's about £80 a year. Um, mm-hmm. And when I work that out over months, it's it's not a lot at all. No. You get a lot of support. There's there's a group. Um, all schools will help you. You know, if you came to my school, but then you went, you were near another school, you know, there's a real nice community of, of support and help there as well. I see. Um, so then, do you want me to move on to the next level? Yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm just taking over here. No, that's fine. I can sit and listen. <laughs> <laughs> so the next the next level is then your certified advanced professional groomer. So this is then your double-coated dogs. And what they – I tend to find a dog that's coat is really blown. I mean, we had a husky um, and there was hair everywhere. Um, and they were like, great, this is what we want. If it needs a scissor finish, then do so. If you don't normally put a pair of scissors on that dog, don't put it on there. It's more about that you understand how to deal with a dog with a double coat that's heavily coated and blowing. Um, and yeah, and I think that's 90 minutes for that one. Um, what they basically want to know is that you're not going to go in and shave off that double coat because um, you think, oh, you know, scissor the knickers as I call them really really short or whatever and the next one is then a toy size which is anything under 11 inches at the withers mm-hmm. um that is all about uh let me get this right my head's a bit funny at the moment um balance and symmetry so if you have and also the handling so obviously with smaller dogs you need to consider that their chakras are a lot softer um, they might not need to have a restraint around them. You can't manipulate their legs as much as you could with a bigger dog, etc. 
Um, so they're also looking at, again, at your handling. Um, but also, if you've got a dog that looks quite long, you want to be able to show that you can make that dog look slightly shorter with your clipping and your trimming, and it's all balanced. So this is where we start to get into a bit more technical stuff with our clipping and trimming. Um, again, you can clip the dog, but they want to see more, more scissor work with that as well. Um, and this is when we start to have a bit more angulation um, and a bit more, like I said, that next step up from, from the kennel, the kennel clip or the, the pet groom. So that's the sort of ex the exam standards, isn't it? Do the, yes. how do they, how do the students do they are they working in their own practice at this point, or are they still working in your school and learning these techniques? Or so the, the, my for me personally, my my students come in normally brand new, and mm -hmm. um, they've got no experience in dog grooming at all. So they have to do a twelve week intense course with me. Mm -hmm. They also have to complete two hundred and fifty hours of um work experience in another salon and then when i think they're ready then i'll put them through to their exam but i won't put them through i would rather them be getting their speed and their confidence up with the pet groomer first and understand it properly before i start putting through the exam i then say to people go away build your business or work in a salon build your confidence for like 12 18 months and then when you're ready to do the next one, come back and talk to me and we'll we'll either do it together or they can do it off their own backs. They can just go directly to um, Ian and Angela and book it themselves if they want to. So, you know, if they're working in another salon and they've brought them on that far, then, then fantastic. So, yeah, I you do obviously have to have, know what you're doing. You do have to be grooming at the moment. But if you've been grooming a couple of years or 20 years, you can start this journey yeah. whenever you wish and you don't have to go to a school if you're at a good level um i do have some people that have been grooming a long time and they come and do a mock exam with me that's just something i offer one if they're coming to my salon to do the exam they're familiar with their surroundings and it just makes them a bit more relaxed and also the dog is a little you know knows what's going on as well um and i just go over the dog and i give them some pointers um, and then areas i think need improving then they go away and practice um and then they book their exams um <clears throat> so with the the second one there's another written exam but you get another book for that as well so it's kind of taking you through each bit a step at a time mm -hmm. um which i like um and the, the fact that you've got five years to do it it gives you the ability to to learn past an exam go yeah. back and do more learning yeah take your next exam yes yeah, and then we go on to the, the Masters, which has then got a load of exams all mixed in together. So you have written exams on all, all the groups. You're going to question me about the groups now, aren't you? Um, <laughs> As a crafts, I know all the groups. Huh? Yeah, you know all the groups. Uh, so you've got your work in, your gun dog, your utility. Your, yeah. yeah, all of those. Um, you... Every, every one will have an individual written exam and you need to use the Kennel Club Read Standard book for that. Study. Now, I poured my hair out to this because I am, for anybody out there that's like, oh, I'm I am terrible for revision. I am terrible for, if it doesn't go in straight away, I'll put it down and I get frustrated with it. And I, I did it, I fast-tracked it. So I did it very intensely. Um, I learned a lot, which was lovely. And... Um, 
you have five practical exams to do. So those are five of the groups. So you've already done your toy on your second one, so you don't have to do that again. Um, so your utility, you actually do have to do a crossbreed. Um, your working terrier. And I'm sure there's another one which <laughs> we're getting. Um, and those have to be to breed standard. Right. Um, you have, yeah, you have to do those to the breed standard. So what I say to any of my students that are going to that level, I say, right, which one do you want to do first? And if they say, right, I want to do terrier, I will suggest somebody that's experienced in that department and go, go and do a day's training with them. Mm. You know, if it's spaniels, go and do a day's training. If it's poodles, great, come with me. I'll, I'll help you with that one. So I, I would suggest they go and see somebody or spend a day with somebody um, doing some training on that particular dog as well. Um, because I, I don't, I don't do a lot of um, breed standards. I do a lot of pet grooming, which most of us do. So I went and did some training for my exam as well. Um, and again, I loved it because I learned more and the knowledge I picked up, I was then to pass on to, to other ones as well. So yes, yeah, so there's five practicals and then there's the written exams as well. Again, you can do those. You can do a practical one day. You can do a written another day. You can just take your time. You don't have to do it all at once. Um, what a lot of people do is they might do one or two that they're confident in to start with, and then they build up with the others. Yeah. Um, and it is all about the breed standards. You want to know what, what set the teeth are, what shape the eyes are, how the ears are set, if they're up on the hook or whatever. Um, so that is, there's a lot more in depth, but I really enjoyed it. Although I got frustrated and was like, oh, I can't do this. <laughs> um, I would like to do it again just to see how I did again, you know? Um, but I learned, like I said, I did learn a lot and it made me even, not even necessary on the grooming side of things, but the information I was then able to share with my clients and um, a lot of them haven't got a clue about hand stripping or anything else, but the fact that I sat there and I could confidently talk about things like, oh, you know quite a lot or breed characteristics or things like that, they, they, it's, really good for your business and I think it's good for you to you know we all get stuck in just doing the plodding on doing the same thing every day I'm passionate about this industry and I think we should all doesn't matter if we've been doing it two minutes or 30 years well I still I think we all should continue to push ourselves to know more so that we can understand the dogs and our clients and you know, just give that better service it's a very structured um qualification isn't it and it sounds like it takes um, a student from the ability to uh, run their own business and do those pet grooms, which, you know, is bread and butter, all the yeah. way through to having that greater knowledge about the, the animals and the breeds and the breed standard to producing, you know, competition winning um, yes. breed standard dogs as well, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. And that is why I was so passionate about it, because it kind of starts you off at the beginning and that's how I teach as well. So whenever anybody comes and does an intense course with me, I make it very clear that I'm, I'm giving them the foundations. You know, I said with, it's a bit like building a house. You've got to have good foundations first, but it's up to you to go and get the bricks to start building the house and then to be able to buy the windows. Um, I can only do so much. It's, I do, you know, some people say it like that. Others 
go forward and you know I, I stay in touch with my students and I help and support them for as long as they're in the industry yeah so um do you struggle to get the breed standard dogs because you know what we see every day is like <laughs> yeah I mean I rarely get like Scotties and Westies and yeah nice... I mean most people get like a long-legged terrier in or a Welsh ter- I mean what I did because we didn't have loads of breed standards either is is some of the clients, I started looking at my clients and mm. the dogs going, oh, hold on a minute. <laughs> and then I came to a deal with my clients and I said, right, if I grow your dog out, I know you normally have it cut short, but I maintain it for you. Would you let me to use it as the exam? Um, and I've given discounts or I've done free, but I've made them sign a disclaimer that if they touch a hair on that dog's head, <laughs> they have to pay back every single penny um, that I would have spent on it. So, um yeah, and, and all the time now, because I'm teaching, I'm constantly, every time I get a new dog in or something, I'm like, oh, this is quite nice. Right, we'll pop that down to the exam. And when I say to somebody, you know, your dog's really nice. Could I use, if I need to do, could I use it for an exam for my students? They're like, oh, do you think our dog's good enough? Yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, this is great. Um, so, so, yeah, and they get a couple of free baths. Um, and I think, I can't remember what I've done recently. I think I give them like a 25% discount. Mm. Um because it helps me, it helps the students, and you know they'll they'll bring the dog in on a day that they don't normally do. So, um, so yeah, so everybody's happy. Cool. And what's the quickest um, someone could do? Go from zero, like a zero to hero. Uh, we used to do that in the police you, on yeah. driving courses, like zero to hero, from a basic driver to an advanced driver, and that was like, oh, it was, it was quite a long time. It's quite a lot of pressure. But how quickly yeah. could um, someone go from? It really depends on your experience, your knowledge and your confidence. Mm. I would say if somebody was just starting with me, I would expect them to take the five years to get to that level or thereabouts. Um, some people probably will get there a lot sooner. Um, but you can you can do it as quickly if you want to. If you've been working in the industry for quite some time and you're, you've got a lot of knowledge, you can just do it as quickly as you want to. If you've got the dogs and the time, you could probably do it in 12, 18 months. Um, but that would be your banging out exams and everything on a and doing a lot of revision. Um, I think the five years for somebody that is brand new um to then get into the ICMG, that you know, the 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 master's level, I think that's a a good time to to go for it. Yeah, I think if you if you do it too quickly, you probably won't absorb as much information as perhaps you'd like to and no. it'd perhaps spoil the course maybe I don't know and I also think if you push yourself so quickly you're so full-on on studying that you might forget about correct handling and actually problem solving with the everyday dog so yeah I certainly, certainly wouldn't be expecting one of my brand new students to be going to that level within a couple of years um mm. like I said unless they've come with some really good knowledge already um, I just think it's important. And so, yes, I'm all for exams and I'm all for qualifications. I'm more for, I'm more about making sure they've got the right nature and the right um, influence first before going for the qualification. And that's why I take my time with them. Um, that's why I like them to do the 250 hours before um I even consider putting them through and then we'll have a couple of practice runs with with the dog they're using as well um so yeah 
How how hard is it for them to go out and find uh, the work experience? Well, I've we've got a really good community here where we are. We've got a little face local Facebook page, um, and a lot of the local groomers have sent their staff to me for like refresher training and things like that. So I I mean I'm they either find the work experience for themselves, um, or if they go through me, then I will find somebody that's got at least five years experience. Um, they're a busy salon. Um, and no, it's, it's not that difficult, but then I don't have lots of students. I'm, I'm quite exclusive. I only have one or two students at a time. So I haven't got to find like five or six work placements. Um, some, some have stayed on, been kept on and they've had a job. They thought they were going to set up, but actually they've stayed on and they're doing very well. Other people have done their work experience and built up their business at the same time, but also had work as well, you know, um, and when I speak to people about it, I'm like, it's a great way for you to get to know this person. And once they finish, if you're like, God, no, they did my head in. I can't work with them. You don't have to offer them a job, but you get to know them and whether they they fit into your business and your team. So, no, I've not I've not struggled much at all. And I have again, I have lots of people in the bank. Um, so if I do need somebody, I can give them a shout. And also, did I mention I'm a two two salon owner now oh yeah um, so i have another salon that i can send them to and they've they've had even before i took over they've had work experience over there as well so i have actually i can't remember the person's name but there was a groomer i've spoken to before and i'm like where do you get all your groomers from because it's very difficult to find pet groomers yes. and she um, was one of the salons that offers work experience to colleges and and training schools and it's like you get to cherry pick, you know, you get yeah. get someone in on work experience and see that it, they work really well. Bloody hell, we'll keep them and offer yeah. them a job sort of thing. I've I've kept one of my students. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've kept one of mine and I've got two apprentices as well, which I'm I'm working with. So um yeah, so I either I've either worked them for three months um or I've had them for 12 months. Um, and then you really get to, and I think that's that's the other thing it's so important to find the right people mm. I can teach the grooming you know they don't have to be the best groomers but I do have to have the right attitude um, and kindness you know I have to have kind people that that want to do well and go forward and have the passion and drive that I have so um, so yes yeah one yes. thing because um, we, we've worked together haven't we and one thing that I've always respected with you is the how straight you are and how you go out you don't just go and work with Tasha and go to her grooming school you're chosen you're chosen <laughs> by Tasha to come and do the the qualifications you're very uh strict and yes I, I definitely select the right people mm. well I hope I do yeah. um yes it hasn't failed me yet so yes I I um and I'm very straight at the beginning as well it's you know, I'm straight in with what I expect, what I want from everybody. And if if that's a no-go at the beginning, then it's 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 not gonna happen. So so yes, and everybody's got to work well together. Um yeah, but I'm quite um yeah, from that very shy, quiet, withdrawn child. <laughs> <laughs> nobody sees that in me anymore. So um so yes, but yes, you've had the experience in my RAF for um 
six months, haven't you? You know, you know where you stand. So yeah. how do you, um, so once you qualified, has you got any like hints or tips or how do you explain this to your customers, exactly what you've been through and and how do you, do you tell your customers about your qualifications and, and um, what you've done? I've, I've, I share when we've done an exam and everything cares, but to be honest, I've never, in 30 years, I've never been asked if I'm qualified by any of my clients. I've never asked what qualifications I've got, but I think because I, I present myself well and because of the information and knowledge, they, they trust me quite quickly and they trust my team quite quickly because again, I'm, I'm out there in everything else, but I mean, maybe I should chat about it a bit more, but it's on, you know, obviously it is on the, my business page. And I said, as each member of staff does a qualification, we shout and scream about it. Um, but to be honest, none of, I, I actually don't think my clients know what it means. Yeah. What it means, not just the ICMG, but the sitting guilds or, you know, I know there's a few others out there now as well. Um, yeah, I've just never, I think they just want to, um, I've got to be honest, I've never gone to my hairdressers and asked no. if they're qualified. I've not even asked my doctor if they're qualified, <laughs> you know? I mean, I don't see my doctor very often, but um, my dentist, my car mechanic, I, we all should be asking. We don't know. We just presume that because they've got a garage and they sound yeah. like they know what they're talking about, um, that it's there. I mean, I have got a badge that I'm going to start wearing that says I'm, I've got a nice gold badge that says I'm ICMG salon owner. Yeah, multiple. I'm going to have to have the list of it now, aren't I? Um, so, yes, I, yeah, my, but I think when people are looking, it's more the students when they're looking to train mm-hmm. that that's more important than actually my clients, my actual blog clients themselves. Um, and yes, if you are going to be taught, um, I was teaching before I was qualified, not the ICMG, but I was teaching people before I did any qualifications. Um but because we wanted to become more established and everything else, then, um, yeah, I then was like, right, well, if I'm going to teach this, I need to go through it myself. So, um, so yes. Definitely. And how, um, what's the process? So if there's people listening that think, actually, I'd quite like to get into this and offer that qualification, what's the sort of process that you went through to become an ICMG school? Okay, so they comply directly to the ICMG UK. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're already an experienced groomer and they just want to do the exams, they can go through ICMG UK. Um, I'll give you the details later. Maybe we can share that. There's yeah. a there's a Facebook group as well that they can go on and ask lots of questions. If they're brand new people um, and they want to do a course, then they can contact me directly um, and we can start talking. So w- what I do myself is I, I cherry pick my students as well. Um, because I want people that want to do it. They're not just doing it because they've got nothing better to do. Um, so what we do, and also it's important that I'm the right school for them as well as them being the right student for me. So they come and do a meet and greet with me first and my team. So they come and spend a couple of hours with me just watching what we do. If I've got other students in the time, they see how I'm teaching them. Um, so they start to get a feel for what it's all about, et cetera. And then if they if haven't put them off, then we ask them to come and do a taste a week um, where they get involved a little bit. They do a bit of bathing, a bit of dry, um, bit of drying. They don't finish, obviously, do a whole dog, but they do parts of it. And then I might let them do a little bit of clipping work. 
um, and then they observe. So they're, they're heavily involved again, but it's, it's very limited. At the end of that week, I will give them a very truthful uh, feedback, whether I think it's right for them or not, because if they're going to come and do a course, I don't want them wasting their money getting halfway through and going, oh, no, this is not what I want. It's too much hard work. You know, my courses are intense. Most of my students cry at some point <laughs> through it because there's a lot of pressure and it is an intense course. Um, so, yeah, um, it's not and I make it very I, I've actually been asked several times how I manage to get students because I sound like I'm putting everybody off. And I'm like, yes, because if I give you all the worst case scenarios mm-hmm. um, and you're still interested, then this is the right industry for you. Um, so that's how I kind of process it with my end. But if people are, like I said, already established and they want to go through the exams, they can apply directly to the ICMG and um, get an get a membership form fill that all out um and it's it's not a lot of money like when you break it down you haven't got to pay for everything straight away you pay as you go um the only thing you have to pay regularly is your annual fee um but the first the first exam they include the annual fee um the cost of the exams and the books are all it's all one lump sum i think it's about 300 pounds um might have changed recently i can't remember but um but yeah so that's that's a lot easier than trying to find two or three thousand pounds um, but to, to come and train with yourself to go to come to golden pause and do your courses what sort of price are people looking at um so it's five the, the meet and greet is free of charge because they're not they're just coming and being there the taste of day is then 500 pounds um that is then deducted from the total price if they go on to do the course um and it is Joe, I can't eight thousand and something, eight and a half, I think. Okay. Um, so with that, they get the first qualification, the first exam, should I say, in all their books and their membership. They get a couple of books from me, they get a scissor set from me. Uh, there's a first aid course included in that. There's also now a super duper business course involved in that as well. Oh, who's um, that? <laughs> well, it's just some Blake I know, you know. Um so that's all included as part of the course as well. The first day course, generally, because of COVID, we've been doing it, do an online course. Um, so they can do it in their own time. Um, but again, it's setting them off either go into a salon or if they're starting up on their own, they've got some safety things behind them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, a lot of the a lot of my course is more the practical. It is quite a lot of practical work. And I said, these are the books that's down. You've got to give yourself time to read that and everything else. So, um, so will that yeah. take them all the way up to the masters or is that up to CPG and then on? Yeah. So, so on I, to... at the moment, I currently offer the CPG for new people. Mm-hmm. Um, the trouble with the masters is there's a lot of knowledge that's needed for each individual group. And I don't have the knowledge for all of them. That might be something I grow towards, but at the moment I don't, I would rather advise them to go to somebody that specializes in that group um, and they can do that off their own back. But again, as I grow and I develop myself, because I'm, well, we, we're always still learning, that's probably something I'm going to look at later on and, and grow up then. Um, the the advance to the next level, um, people can come back and do that with me and I can, tailor make a course for them mm. um and the other thing i also offer is refresher training so without 
sort of take the ICMG qualification to one side, people come to me and do refresher training. I have to say a lot of people come to me just for confidence boosts. Um, they've either lost their confidence or um, there's been problem within with other groomers within areas that have made them feel intimidated and think, and they come and spend a week or so with me. Um, I'm, I've had some good feedback that I've really given them a boost and uplifted them. Um, and I think the problem is quite often people are trying to send out these competition grooms um, to their pet grooms and then they're charging minimum price for them. And I'm like, they look lovely, but this is not practical. And then the, the dogs are coming in matted 12 weeks later or something. And I'm like, because you're not adjusting their, the groom to suit their lifestyle or to how often they come in. So it's little things like that. Um, and again, I can tailor make those courses for people that are already um, in the industry, but maybe want to go a little bit further or just gone, right, well, I did did my course with whoever several years ago. I've not done any more training. Let's go and see. Because there's always, I'm always learning. Sometimes my students teach me stuff. There's always something new to learn or um, even simple things like using the restraint properly. I'm really surprised how many people don't know how to use a, you know, a neck restraint correctly um, or my way of doing nails um, or just common, like common safety, really. Um, face space. I talk a lot about face space with my students. We're, we're also busy concentrating on, you know, a front foot or a front leg that our head goes down and down. And it's like, OK, if that dog retaliated on you right now, what's it going to bite? You know, yeah. you've got a pretty face or a handsome face. Let's keep it that way, right? <laughs> Don't get blood on the dogs. I haven't got time to get blood on the dogs. Um, Can't go back in the wash, can it? No, exactly. Um, and I do show them, you know, any pictures that I've picked up off the internet where people have been bitten and um, have had serious injuries because of different things. And they're like, oh. and I'm like, you need to keep that image in your head because at any point, any of these dogs can change their behavior you you might not see them for four to eight weeks mm. um and you don't know what's happened in that time yeah so. you don't know whether in pain or from something else that you can't see yeah. yeah or something's gone on at home you know if there's been personal circumstances and there's been lots of stress around the dogs i mean i've had dogs that i've been doing for years that are generally well and everything cows and they come in they're a little bit off or they're not quite right or they're a little bit smart, and i'm like oh speak to the owners and they've gone through a really nasty divorce or um you know there's been a death in the family or they've been unwell and it's been serious health issues so there's been a lot of people in and out of their house that wouldn't normally and that, that does affect the dog so yeah yeah so just go um natalie's just um so she's she, natalie's already a qualified groomer she's yeah. done her ocn qualifications if she wanted to upgrade that to like the CPG or upgrade or do a different qualification to CPG, she could just come along and do yep. the exam. You could do yep. a, a bit of prep work with yourself, a bit of mock examination to make sure that she's at a standard and then just pay for the the, the, the exam. She doesn't have yep. to do the whole the whole 12 weeks, does she? No, no, she can. And she could apply for it. I mean, I'm putting myself out here a bit, but she she doesn't have to do the mock exam. I offer that. Yeah. because so that people know what to expect and everything else if she if she feels confident enough just to go straight to get registered and you know you can even do it at competitions if you're going to competitions you can do if you're grooming a dog for competition that could be classed as your exam as well so mm -hmm. there's lots of different ways that you can you can do it so um yes yeah, she can she can go straight for it 
Cool. Obviously, she should come to me for an for a mock exam. But there's also, um, I think there's 10 schools in the country under the ICMG. And at the moment, there's we're all about a 50-mile radius from each other. So what we all do with each other is, if somebody contacted me, but I thought there was another one closer, then I would recommend that one. Obviously, yeah. if they still want to come to me, then that's fine. Um, but yeah, we all kind of work together so that we're, we're all, but the 50 mile radius normally keeps people. So I'm kind of from sort of Gloucester downwards, really, covering everybody down south. Down, um, south. <laughs> down south, yeah. And a little bit over to the other side as well. <laughs> so I'm proud of my geography. So um, I think we've covered ICMG. Is anything else we need to talk about with that? Um, no, I think we've covered it. You can see how passionate I am about it. Yeah. Because I don't shut up about it, don't they? Yes. No, I think we've covered everything with the with the ICMG. Um, yeah. Cool. So I think it's remiss of us to not uh, cover a little bit about your business and yes. um, how, how you've been going for the last... Well, six months because well, we've worked together, haven't we, for yes. um, seven or eight months. So let's, if you're happy to, have a quick chat about um, how business was and why you sort of reached out to speak to me. Because I think it was around this time last year that we actually uh, I did the pet savvy day of business and did a little seminar, and that's what put us in touch, didn't it? Yes. Yeah, well, I think I followed your page for a bit and I, I tend to hover. I'm a bit like a stalker, really. I hover around and I watch okay. and I listen quite a lot. <laughs> um, so I I was OK with the grooming side of things and I was getting good clients in, etc. But the business side of things, I was getting kerfuffled with. I was winging it a lot and I, I was like, well, well, I can I afford a new table? Oh, well, it looks like I can. So, yeah, I'll do this, I'll do that. But I want to, again, because I'm developing the school as well, um, I'm always wanting to do better for my students. I was like, right, I need to know a bit more about the business side of things. So obviously, we sat and had a conversation, um, and then I was a bit like, mm, not sure. Um, and I, I trusted you, didn't I? Um, which I don't yeah. do easily. And I think the fact that I could pay monthly was really beneficial for me. Um, and yeah, I I think we had quite a lot of conversations there. What I liked was that we talked a lot about different things and there were some things I was like, Bill, I'm not being funny, but I've tried that. It doesn't work for me personally. However, that's something I could pass on as an idea to my students. Um, and you at no point were like, no, you messed it because I said so. You just kind of gave me the seeds really. And then we talked about the VAT, um, which I've not hit yet, but obviously that's the next thing. I'm not worried about it. Um, maybe a little bit nervous, but that'll be pushed aside. Um, I understand it better now. So because I understand it better, I'm more confident to share that with my clients when the time arises. I um, completely changed how I started running my business as well. Um, and I there was a lot of things in the groups and different things people had said as well. Um, and yeah, just started looking at how I wanted what I wanted and how I wanted to do it mm. um and yeah I got so much out of it so much more understanding like so the VAT was a massive thing the fact that you sat me down and you did me an excel sheet and I don't do computer stuff <laughs> um you've also been really helpful with 
you know, when I was talking to you about taking on the second salon, about having two phones, but I need to be able to answer both phones. So you put me in touch with the VOP system. And it's things like that that I would have had a clue about if I hadn't been speaking to you. So um, it might not necessarily be the sort of grooming side, but the business side of things. Um, and yeah, we looked at a few things, didn't we? And and talked them through and... Um, yeah, uh, like yeah. card card machines. Can I, can I mention your yeah. thoughts on card machines? Bloody things. So <laughs> for anybody listening, I'm really not a very technical person and I get really frustrated if I use something technical and it doesn't work properly. Um, so Bill convinced me to get a card machine um, so I did. And the first day I had it, I wanted to throttle him because it went wrong on the first day. Um, you didn't go out straight away. You didn't go out straight away and get one. I think you you sat on the idea for, for a month or so. And... Probably a couple of months, I think. <laughs> yeah. But I do that. I don't, I can't do anything straight away. I have to like process it, think about it. Um, and then you talked to me about apprentices as well. Um, and I, again, I, I had somebody that I wanted to take on, but, um, my course wasn't appropriate for her mm. um and then you started talking to me about and I'm like no I'm not doing apprentices I'm not sending people off to a college when I can teach them this that and the other and then you said like right, Tash just listen to me um so I now have two apprentices um which are working out really well at the moment so that ena- that's enabled me to give so for anybody that can't afford the courses it's another it's something else I cannot because I was like right everybody that's worked coming to train with me needs to have this amount in the bank to be able to pay for the course but actually there's some people out there that just don't have that that money um but actually what we can do is we can introduce them to the industry through an apprenticeship so yeah that was something what um let's talk about apprentices quickly what has an apprentice sort of done for your business how have you found it how helpful has an apprentice been for your business? Um, it means, so when I, obviously when I'm teaching somebody that's doing a course, I am full on, like, I've got to give them my full attention and everything else. When an apprentice, I'm building them up to be um, really great in, in the prep work to start with and the handling, and I kind of let them do a bit, and then I can step back and carry on with what I'm doing. But it's also meant that my other members of staff, because I've then got somebody doing the bathroom and drying, I've then got time to spend with my other new team that are training stylists that I can start to bring them on because I'm like, right, I know I can leave her to do the bathroom at the moment or bathroom and drying and we can now work with that. So one of my girls that first started with me, she um, is now grooming four dogs a day because we've got people in there prepping. Hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's really benefit because it's an extra pair of hands but without the pressure of me going right I've got to get you to this stage in this certain amount of time it is um you know I I really focus on the prep work the handling um nail clipping all that sort of stuff and then once there's 12 I mean obviously if they advance quicker than that then great but after the 12 months I can either keep them on and then I will start to grow them as well um or they're then prepared to go to another salon to, for it to seek employment um, where they can then hopefully develop with them as well. Because um, you- so many people contact me going, oh, I need I need another stylist or I need this and I need that. And I'm like, right, but you've already got somebody there. Yeah, but I, I need somebody else. I need somebody. And I went, you're already working with somebody that's doing your prep work for you. They know the dogs. Why don't you take on somebody to do the prep work, teach them that? And they're like, oh, I didn't think about it like that. 
So we all automatically think, right, I need another slider. So actually, why don't you move that person on? Or if you haven't got somebody else working with you, take on an apprentice, let them sort of support you, you support them. And when I work out, if you book in an extra one or two dogs a day, that kind of covers their wages. Yeah, I was going to say, how have, you, how have you found the financial? Because I think that that causes a lot of fear, especially for some of the new for new employers. Some of the fear is around the finances of having an apprentice with them and having that commitment. How have you found? I mean, you already had staff, didn't you? But yes, yeah. Well, it meant I could take on two apprentices because obviously they are on a lower wage because they're also getting a, a qualification at the end of it as well. Um, but it also means that, yeah, now I've, it's, for me, I'm looking further down the line. I'm not just looking yeah. at the moment. I need to grow a team because I'm growing my businesses. And if after a few months they're not doing their work or they're not pulling the weight or they're um, they're not what I thought they were or they're not working with the team, I can go, this isn't working out and I'm not committed to keeping them on. Obviously, there has to be exceptional circumstances to get rid of them before the course is up but at the end of the 12 months I've known that person for the 12 months I've worked hard with them they've worked hard with me and I hope that I can keep them on and grow them into a stylist because I've I know that person then they know the the clients I know if I can trust them I know if they're a good team member um if at the end of the 12 months financially you're like that was a struggle it's too much hassle for me to employ you know it's not for everybody then you're not committed to keeping that person on at the end of that time mm. um but my plan is that i hope with my apprentices that they eventually become team members um but we'll you know we'll have to see how that goes um and also they're getting a quality so they do a, there's now a dog grooming qualification as well and again that is all from what i've read a lot of it is all around the prep work and the handling it's not not much to do with the styling as such which i think is fabulous and any you can have anybody at any age it's not just for certain age people it's it's people of all ages can can apply for it i think if you've if they're if they've got a qualification higher than the qualification they're doing then you won't get the funding for it um if they haven't done a higher qualification then yeah they're absolutely fine and i go through them the northern education which have been you know really helpful with it so good and to be honest i don't even think about that they're i don't even think about them being apprentice they are just a member of the team you know i'm glad i talked you into it yeah yeah you talked me into a few things (laughs) so but but that's why i'm glad that i did it because i wouldn't have thought about apprentices i would have dragged my heel with a card machine um i would have been where i would have stayed tried my hardest to stay in the back threshold which meant I would strangulate my business Mm. and I wouldn't have been able to grow it and I'm all about giving it's not just me that's going to benefit it's going to be other people I can give opportunities to as well why would you have stayed done your damnedest to stay under the back threshold because a few years ago we we hit it without much knowledge and we nearly went under with how much money we had to find in 12 months. So obviously that scared the eebie-jeebies. I'm trying not to swear. Did you notice that? It was good, wasn't <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was all about, oh, no, we don't want to go over there because then you've got to pay this, that and the other. But it's it's not that, you know, you've got to put that on the price. And yes, again, now I know more about it. I'm paying more attention than when I go shopping, when I go to mechanics, when I whenever I spend money, Everything's got that on it. 
yeah. everything's got fat on it. So, um, and the thing is, though, people always, and me included, worry that, oh, we're going to lose clients. Well, if I lose, I'm not going to lose all my clients because I've gone that registered. I might lose two or three, but I will gain two or three because my business has such a good reputation. Um, but you could lose clients because they think you've got a bad attitude. Yeah. You know, they you could lose a client because you've told them the dog's misbehaved. There's lots of reason you might lose a client and you can't please everybody. Um, and if somebody want, can't afford it, there are other people out there that can manage a groom that's cheaper than my prices or doesn't have the VAT added, et cetera. The one thing I'm explaining to people now when I'm adjusting my prices is, so I try and get everybody in sort of four to eight weeks, my clients. And I now tell them that if they go over that time, I've got to spend more electric on them, on their dogs. I've got to spend more time with the electric shower, more time with the electric hairdryer, more time with my electric clippers and my electric table. So I have to charge them all because the electric's gone up so bloody much. There's nobody out there that's going, no, it hasn't. No, it hasn't. We're all in that, whether you're, it's personal or business, we've all hit that. So that at the moment is, is working really well for me. So like, right. Yeah. Okay. Um, we'll come in more often. And again, it's the same with the VAT, isn't it? It's like, hello, Mr. Customer. Uh, we're an extremely awesome business. We're really busy. Loads of people want to use us. And because of that, the government are, are saying we need to collect some more money for them. Yeah. You know, it's not going in your pocket, is it? It's going it's going to the government. So I've actually saw I've seen again through the um I think it's through your page, a couple of posts that what people have written on theirs. Mm. And I've actually saved them um because I'm like, oh, that's really good. So that when I come to be in that registered, I can I can share that with you know on the page yeah. and yeah. house. Um and eventually once I get into routine, it will just say when I when people ring up for a quote, I will just say, but that price is inclusive of VAT. Yeah. Um I will get to at the moment it's going to be add it on. So so yes, uh, you've got me a lot to think about. And I think um I actually spoke to uh, a couple of groomers at Crufts and I was really, really impressed. They um uh, they're coming together, they're they're starting their own business on their own. Um, so there's going to be two groomers and probably an apprentice. And I think this is about right. I think I see, you know, groomers with around three people, like three people in the business. They should be around the VAT mark. That should be how much they're sort of producing. And they sort of just went up and said, well, we're just going to go VAT from day one. We're going to hit it. We're going to hit yeah. it within a year and a bit. So we might as well just go day one, have all of our prices, including VAT, and then we haven't got that stress and that worry in a year yeah. or 18 months time when, when we've got to charge it. So it's like, wow, excellent. Yeah. yeah brilliant. Yeah. And you, you, I think that as soon as we all start doing it, it's just going to be when we all start, the new people coming through are not going to worry about it because it's oh. already going to be a habit anyway. And people are going to expect to pay. It's again, it's because the industry has grown so much since I've been in it, you know, I mean, where we were 30 years ago to where we are now is advanced top speed, you know? Yeah. Um, so I just think, yeah, once, once we're all, all doing it, um, it won't even be a question or a worry. No, no. Excellent. Well, I'm really pleased that you, uh, you're steaming ahead. You've, uh, taken on your second shop. You've announced the, to the world that you've, you've bought the shop and you're the new yeah. owner. Um, and you're just going to spend the next six months consolidating that, aren't you? And then yes, <laughs> yes, I'm going to be hiding for the next six months. <laughs> <laughs> Getting all those um, plates and all your ducks in a row. 
Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I'm very like I said to you earlier. I'm, it's, it's, it is stressful, but I'm very excited. And, you know, we're going to have a chat again in a few months' time. And I'll be like, yeah, I'm fine. So, right. uh, completed yeah. that. On to the next yeah. one. It's all done. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I'm going to let you go and uh, go and deal with your your cold. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you very much. So you're going to get into uh, get comfy. Thank you for coming on and talking us through the ICMG qualification and um, being open and honest about your business and, and what's going on. It would be really valuable for people to, to listen to and uh, lots of people have been watching tonight already. So uh, your business is Golden Paws Limited. Whereabouts are you based? Golden Paws Grooming Limited. We're based in Stonehouse. Um, if anybody wants to message me directly, um, if they've got any questions about the qualification, they're welcome to or they can add, add it on to... I probably won't look tonight, but I will look in the next couple of days. Um, but yes, it's Golden Paws Grooming Limited. We have got a Facebook page um, and we've also got a website as well. Um, or if they want to email me, it's Tasha at goldenpawsacademy.co.uk. Um, and I will get back to them as soon as possible as well. Whereabouts is Stonehouse? So, so, well, why don't you know these things? I keep forgetting that there's people from all over the place. Uh, so Stonehouse is in an area called Stroud in Gloucestershire. We've got people so in like, the US and stuff listening I to know, this. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's next year. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yes, we are not far off the Junction 12, off the M5, if anybody is kind of that cool. graphic. Um, so, now, yeah, Stroud in Gloucestershire. Here's a question, actually, before we wrap up. I was approached by some Chinese gentlemen at Pat's the other day, and yeah. they basically saying that the the grooming quality in China is very poor, and they were looking for um, grooming qualifications. So maybe Golden Paws Academy could uh, have a, a Chinese attachment, yeah, or uh, take Chinese students to do the ICMG qualification. See, I'm I'm surprised by that because there are some amazing yeah. groomers in China and Japan. Um, there's some people that I follow and that, I mean, they are another level. They obviously mm. charge triple probably what I would even consider. So, um, so yes, that does, but yeah, who knows? This who year knows? Gloucester, next year the world, eh? Next year, Taiwan or China. You yeah. never know. You never I'd know. I like that. Golden Paws made in China. <laughs> <laughs> they, they basically, they ran a, um, uh, animal supermarket all over China. And they're wow. looking. They're looking at introducing grooming, and I, was, I sort of just, well, why don't you introduce a pet groomer and a vets that kind of model? Yeah. And they said, oh, we'd be interested in seeing like getting people trained and stuff. So yeah, there you go. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? I'm open to anything. <laughs> right, I'll let you get on. Thanks a lot for joining us. And, no problem. Uh, take care. I'll speak to you soon. All right. Thanks, Bill. Bye, everybody. Bye.